Welcome back to Camp People with John and Mariah and our friend Catherine. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome, Catherine, to Camp People. Um, we're super excited to have you on. Um, I say similar to Marty, one of our very active um, social media followers. I don't know if you see comments from Catherine and things like that. Not at all. I don't. I feel like I don't comment. Maybe you do it on like the Spotify. Like, Maybe. I think you've commented on there. That's probably where I've seen it before. Because I've Maybe. seen. It. Oh so my goodness! I didn't know that actually went through. I thought that didn't go through. Oh no, it did. So it's great to match a face to the name. Yes. Film. Um. So. Let's start out with just kind of updating. We've had two weeks off of podcasting um, for Christmas. Wait, before before we do that, can I give a little context of who Catherine is? Sure, go ahead. Okay, great. For the average listener. Catherine um, and I met in college. I don't know if this is Catherine's first memory of us meeting, but my first memory is that we were on our, on a school, like on a bus back from a parking lot um, from having taught during the day. Catherine, is that your memory of us meeting? Hey, that's funny that you said that's your first memory because we've had this discussion before. We have. You said our first memory was like when we went and got pizza together. And I said, no, our first time that we like talked was that school bus, but we were in the same class doing, what was it, Swatson? Something like that. Early childhood. And we kept like leaning over to each other and being like, because the whole class was like, birth until like five years old barely five years old yeah but like the last like three weeks was like three to five the whole entire semester was like birth to two and it showed like multiple ways where like you can really mess up a child between the <laughs> like zero to two and we were like wow we're really gonna mess up a child one day <laughs> but, anyways, but yeah, yeah so we were um we were in the same major um, all throughout college. And then we were roommates our last semester of college. Oh, fun. So chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. That's right. Way to go. Okay. Now we can catch up. We've missed missed two weeks. Yeah. Christmas and New Year's. Talk about it. You go first, Mariah. Okay. Um, Christmas was really great. We, Luke and I spent the whole um, week between Christmas and New Year's down in Indy. Um, and just got to see a ton of family and friends and, uh, but it was way less hectic than Thanksgiving. Cause we just stayed in one place, which was so great for me. Um, I just, I hate bouncing from place to place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got to just see a whole bunch of people and stay up way too late and eat food. That's really bad for us. Um, feel like my stomach hurt every single day, but also all the food was really delicious. So I, <laughs> refused to stop eating it um yeah and then you know kind of came back to real life which has also been been fun I like the the vibe of the new year so nice. things are good cool what about you Catherine it was good I went back home Indiana um for Christmas where spent time there wait what where are you from in Indiana oh um Noblesville Okay, cool, cool. I grew up like North Fort Wayne. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then spent some time with my at my mom's house and kind of like Mariah just stayed there, mostly just stayed there, which was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and then went down to visit my brother. And then I had a work conference December twenty seventh to January first in oh, wow. Washington D.C. So went there and then came back to Rochester, New York. Um, I would say overall pretty good. It was a good, chill Christmas, which is my favorite. Yeah. This is so crazy. My aunt also lives in Rochester, New York. No way. Yep. She's like, I don't know her exact title, but she's in charge of the emergency room pediatric side of the University of Rochester Hospital. Wow. Yeah. I've been there, I don't know, like four or five times. It's pretty cool in Rochester. I like it. It's not too bad. Yeah. Do yeah. you have all the snow that we have? Um. Yes. She, you probably have more snow. Than we. We've got like, I don't know, four inches maybe now. Uh, yeah, I can't see the grass anymore. So Yeah, I think it's about four. Yeah, we might have gotten maybe the same amount. I don't know. 
Okay. I stayed inside. I was like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to. <laughs> nice. Well, John, how was your holiday? Yeah, my Christmas and New Year were great. Um, the girl that we're getting ready to adopt in the next six months moved in um, a couple days before Christmas. So, um, it's just it's been a. You guys have had a slow, not eventful holidays. Um, mine's been quite the opposite <laughs> um, of just adapting to new family and adapting to new change. And um, God's definitely teaching me a lot of wisdom and patience right now as I <laughs> adapt to a new child that's eight um, and full of energy. And then a child that I've had for nine years that's very bossy and has lots of energy. So um it's just been a whirlwind. I feel like it's been a month when it's only been two weeks. So, um, yeah, but it's been good. Um, I had a little stomach bug for New Year's. My wife, Andrew's birthday was a couple days before New Year's, and mm -hmm. I got sick. And then Claire got sick, too, so that kind of sucked. But besides that, like, it was really good. Um, oh. I got to watch Michigan. Um, I'm only saying this because I see Catherine Sure right now, and, man, I – going to have a day today now. I purposely put this on just for you. I appreciate it. I was gonna say we could not have two um two more polar opposite viewpoints on football. So right <laughs> I, I gotta enjoy watch Michigan beat Alabama. Um and then you know, Catherine, just for you, I found this poem that I wanted to read. Um to start oh, no. Do you mean Washington? No, they beat Maybe Alabama Washington? first. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about last night team. Well, well, a couple months ago they beat this school south of us. Um has a worthless nut as their mascot. <laughs> we beat them first, and then we beat Alabama. But I wanted to read this poem that I found today on the internet. Um, it goes, Hail to the victors valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan. The leaders and best. Hail to the victors valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan. The, the champions of the West. Um, but not just the West anymore. As of last night at about 11 o'clock, the champions of the United States of America because <laughs> Washington and are now number one officially in the NCAA football because they won the college football playoffs. Okay, I have two questions. Well, one, congratulations. But I have two questions about that poem. It, is that just the fight song? It is indeed the fight song, but some would say a song is also could be a form of poetry. So, Sure. <laughs> Follow-up follow question. I mean, yes, Michigan is west of some states, but it does feel a little strange to say that they're the it's because champions the big, of the West. Because the Big Ten is separated into the West and East divisions. Okay, okay, okay. West I, division. Okay, okay, sure. I and can get behind like, that. Like when you look at like IU, Purdue, like Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan is more west. Now it doesn't like with all these other like Western schools like Oregon and Washington and UCLA USC joining, like we're not right. I, I it'll be interesting how divisions go. I heard that Big Ten's gonna get rid of divisions altogether and just have oh. a conference straight down. I heard that too. I oh. think I'm kinda in favor of that. Me too. Like I think it it's just confusing the divisions. And yeah. I feel like the West Division has Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, which honestly are the some of the top teams in the nation yep. and the best teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. So it's unfair. Exactly. Yeah. Three of us, but also unfair for all the little guys that, like, yeah. it's like, oh, you're five and seven. You won the Big Ten East. Like, that makes no sense. Like, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it should be divided up and just the top two tens play in the Big Ten, top two teams play in the Big Ten championship next year. That makes a lot of sense. I'm glad you explained that because I had heard the Michigan fight song. I think it was. Or like during the Alabama game, and I was like, "Did they just say the champions of the West?" Yeah, like, what? <laughs> Which honestly, next year, like the Big Ten championship could be Michigan Ohio State if they don't do divisions, or it could mm -hmm. be like with Washington and Oregon coming in. Like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy. I think crazy. Whole, um, so Washington and Michigan play in Week Six next year, and. Texas and Ohio State, or Texas and Michigan play in week two next year. So out of the four playoff teams, Michigan has to play, or three of them are going to play each other next season. Plus Ohio wow. State, and I think Michigan's played Oregon next year too for a conference game. So I don't think Michigan's going to do as good as they did last year. 
just because they're playing hard teams. Better yeah. teams. Yeah. yeah. I will bet. Now the season's over. We did have a pretty easy, easy season. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it I was, was, yeah. Like we, we played all of our hard teams like the last five weeks of the year. Um, sure. But the like Bowling Green, okay, come on. Like it's like <laughs> Ball State. Like when Georgia played Ball State and they won hey. like 60 points, it's like, okay, like that was a pushover game. Like give them a I was I was talking to someone about Ball State football the other day and I was like, let's just say this. Uh Ball State gets paid a lot of money to go be the homecoming game for a lot of schools. <laughs> you know what the At money, least- right? If Michigan played Ball State, I would buy you a ticket so you and I could go together if they played you. Michigan. <laughs> at least, like, Ball State had a football team. RIT, the campus I work at now, doesn't even have a football team. So, they have that. <laughs> yeah. And Taylor Swift um, kind of like, we well, don't talk about Taylor Swift on the podcast, but she's been kind of, well, she lost against the Barbie movie, which. Well, yeah, which is. Like, I, um, I feel like that was to be expected. Yeah, I feel like a documentary should not be competed with like an actual blockbuster. No, no, I would agree with that. But did you see, so this is at the Golden Globes last night. Um, Did you see the guy's like monologue? Uh, It was not a good monologue, but also. I I only saw the joke about Taylor Swift and how there's less of the NFL game. (laughs) Yeah, he said some joke along the lines of like, what's the difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL there's fewer shots of Taylor Swift and the camera cuts to her and she's just like she's sipping like, on her drink and rolling her eyes. I know, she like glass of wine was like devil eyes. I'm like, <laughs> it was rough. But yeah. But not much news missed, about her. Chiefs game to go to the Golden Globes. Travis Kelsey wasn't playing. But oh, yeah. She could have stood on the sidelines like Patrick Mahomes' wife did. It's been a real, eh. you know, but come on, Taylor. Your time to shine and you, you know. Brady Mahomes is moving back up to the one on the Chiefs list now. Um, there has been some wonderings of the um the there's something with the Pro Bowl is on the same night. Maybe it's the Grammys. Would that make sense? I don't know. There's there the Pro Bowl is on the same night as something that Taylor Swift would be at where she would be getting potentially getting some awards. And so people are wondering if Travis uh-huh. will be at the Pro Bowl, which, you know, he does not have to be at, well, but, like, does. is a big honor to be at, or is if it? he'll go to a red carpet. He's in the Pro Bowl, though, isn't he? He is in the Pro Bowl, but, I mean, you can be selected and you don't have to go. That's true. They have substitutes. Yeah. But I'm imagining he'll go to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, if, which, yeah. I feel like he should. Well, his brother's in the Pro Bowl, and it's probably the last, like, there's rumors that he's retiring, so, like... Yeah, it's definitely one of the last ones that they'd be able to be in together. Pros before you know what, you know, as I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna say, because there might be children listening, but you you know. You know the- but you know. <laughs> you know. We all know. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's... Shall we jump in? Started. Um, so, today we are talking about... Enneagram nine. Woohoo. Catherine. Wouldn't it be funny if Catherine's like, I'm an Enneagram eight. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're all wrong. <laughs> it's so, funny because I did text Mariah and I was like, Am I on the right link? It says like Enneagram five. Oh, yeah, I, I screwed up and said five instead of nine. Yeah, that was on me. <laughs> I know. Well, I was like, like I'm looking, Mariah normally leaves me notes. And I forgot to get the notes. And so I was like, oh, maybe it's five. Maybe it's not. I'm like, I know what numbers we haven't done yet. So, right. so it's one of those. Of those. Like, <laughs> yeah, which I, I don't know much about fives because I don't know any fives. But I feel like Catherine is definitely not a five. <laughs> what is a five? I think it's the like very analytical investigator. Definitely yeah. not a five. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, Catherine, since you are a nine, and we're talking about nines today, um, why don't you share with us how would you describe an Enneagram nine? Oof. Um, I remember a couple episodes ago, Luke was like, um, 
I'm like a solid Enneagram three, like through and through. And I was like, when he said that, I was like, do I feel about that? Like as a nine? And I was like, no, I don't. And then I like started thinking about it. And I was like, actually, you know what? I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. One is like as an Enneagram nine, I've heard y'all can fact check me <laughs> then don't tell me just let me, just let me do this. <laughs> um, but as an Enneagram nine it is like the most like 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 every Enneagram everyone like you have a little bit of each Enneagram in you but the nine has like the most like everyone inside of the Enneagram nine and Enneagram nines usually get you know, people get misdiagnosed for another Enneagram instead of an Enneagram nine um, because of that I also heard that if Jesus was still alive, that he would be an Enneagram nine. So just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, so like after I kind of like started thinking about that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Because like as an Enneagram nine, you're able to like relate so much to other people. Um, but I think of it, when I was trying to like think through this, I was trying to figure out the English word to this. Like ASL is my first language. English is my second language. And so in ASL, we would say, like, match. And I was like, what's the English word? And I was like, I don't even know. I can't even figure it out. But pretty much, like, whoever we are around, we try to, like, kind of, like, match them. So, like, um, as Mariah, as an Enneagram 2, and, like, kind of figuring out who she is, like, I wouldn't be, like, this loud, imbunctious person around her because, like, that's not who Mariah would want as a friend. And so, like, I would figure out these different people and how to be around certain different people like that's just like naturally kind of what an Enneagram nine is they would say that like we avoid conflict which is like solid yes and I feel um as we avoid conflict we know like the trigger points of certain people so we try to like kind of match who we are to whoever we are around um but yeah I would say um we avoid conflict um we just kind of want to keep the peace um we want everyone to be happy we see um we see situations on different sides so oftentimes you'll kind of hear us say like well what about this or what about this so like maybe they see it this way like we try to get people to see the other like side of things um which is like such a classic Enneagram nine I feel like we take forever to make a decision. Um, we are known to put things off to the very last minute. Um, even last night when Mariah and I were talking, I was like, eh, I'll just figure it out tomorrow. No big deal. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think also like another like stereotype of a nine is like comfort. And so we are known of being like that cozy person. And so like, I can totally walk into, I have like, as like a nine, like I'm constantly kind of like observing and watching and like very kind of like reserved a little bit to know like before I like get into things. But if you invite me into your home, you better believe I will find that couch. I will find that blanket and I will just make it myself at home. <laughs> like <laughs> all the walls are down. Like I just need a blanket and I just need a couch and I'm set. Like it does not take much to please me. Uh, <laughs> A good nap. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like a Enneagram 9 takes, like, forever um, to make decisions. But also, like, because of that, um, we it seems like we may not have opinions, but we do have opinions. We just don't like to say our opinions because what if that causes conflict type of thing. So I feel like I gave you a pretty good... yeah. I like that overview of a nine for sure. So um, I'm going to read um, the Enneagram Institute real quick of what they say. And then you can tell us if you agree or disagree um, with that. So it says nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simple, simplifying problems and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with 
inertia and stubbornness. <laughs> At their best, indomitable and all-embracing, they are able to bring people together and heal conflicts. I say I agree. <laughs> um, because if I disagree, <laughs> that would cause conflict, you know? So I got to agree to this. <laughs> uh, but no, like, stubborn? Absolutely. Like, I can be, I personally could be so stubborn. I know, like, a couple of other Enneagram 9 friends. And getting us together, we're, like, all stubborn together. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like we are really good at, like, my one friend, she's an Instagram nine, and she's really good at like setting people up, um, because she just knows that who will go with who, because that's constantly the kind of what we're doing is like bringing people together and creating like a good, happy life. But yeah. yeah. So I always laugh about. I have quite a few friends that are Instagram nines, um, and during COVID, we created a Marco Polo group on the Marco Polo app, um, and once like COVID started lifting a little bit and people were able to hang out together, um, we would talk and be like, Hey, like, let's figure out something to do. And I have one friend in the group that's a very strong Enneagram one. And then I'm like a four, three and have lots of opinions. And then like the other eight or so are nines. And so <laughs> like, when do you want to meet? And like I Dave and I would be like, okay, like, you. we're just going to let them decide. Like, cause there's more of them. And for mint for hours to be like, well, I don't know, like maybe next weekend or maybe the weekend, we could do it tomorrow. And finally, like Dave and I would text each other. Okay. We're taking over. So we get on and be like, okay, guys, we're meeting next Saturday at four o'clock. You and you and you are bringing this and you and you. And like, we all get along great. We're all great friends. But whenever it comes to like, well, like, or like whenever we have like discussions that got heated, um, we always could count on like, our Enneagram my friends come in and be like, well, you know, I see it both ways. Like, <laughs> and we're like, no, you have to see it one way or the other. And they're like, oh, like, I see it both ways. <laughs> That's a classic Enneagram line. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So has there any, been anything that you've ever, like, heard or read or people assumed about Enneagram 9 maybe that mm. you didn't agree with? Yeah, I think the whole, like, we put things off to, like, the very last minute. And, like, we, like, cozy things. There's a lot of, like, people that would assume that Instagram 9s are, like, lazy people. um, Or, like, undecisive people. Or, like, that we don't have an opinion. um, Those type of things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, we have an opinion. We just, like, don't know how to voice our opinion or we don't feel like it's like a safe place to voice our opinion and i'm like and we are not lazy we just are really good at doing things at the very last minute and <laughs> pride ourselves in doing that <laughs> i have another friend who is an enneagram nine and she um we were talking about the enneagram one day and she was describing that um she was like it took my husband and i a long time to like or for him to like get it figured out but like I do have things that I want to say and I do like mm. I have things that I want to vocalize. I just need to be able to talk long enough to get there. Yeah. Like eventually I will get there. You just have to let me talk long enough to like find my way to the point that I'm making. Yes. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Especially like in my head. Like mm. there are so many conversations that I want to have. There's so many things. So my head is like constantly like spinning. And then it's time for that actual conversation. I'm like wait, what was I going to say? Wait, <laughs> what's my point? I don't know. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like kind of like what you were saying, like that friend needed space to mm -hmm. be and like, and not get interrupted and to be asked like the questions to keep them thinking to get to that point. Um, oh, I man. do feel like, I feel like nines are like a really great reminder to slow down like in a world that's really 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 fast paced um to me like the way that I see you live and my other friend who's a nine like it just reminds me that like I don't have to get on the rat race like it's fine yeah. to slow down it's good to slow down um which I think is very healthy but can like I get that you probably get the stereotype that it's lazy yeah. um yeah. Do you feel like 
Oh, go ahead. No, I didn't have anything. I was just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, do you feel like you have any, or do you have any stories that are like quintessential? This is, this sums up being a nine. Yeah. I was trying to think of like any, like me avoiding conflict to keep the peace stories. And I'm like, I don't know. That's like my everyday life. Um, <laughs> let me just do day in a life for y'all. But that part, I don't have like much on that one but I think as an Enneagram nine like you minimize your problems to like keep the peace right and so um I got some stories about that one um ever since like August I've been having like health problems after health problems after health problems after health problems it's like hit after hit after hit and every time I'm like I should go get this checked out and I was like eh it's fine. <laughs> I won't do it. Let's just keep going. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> um, and so this last one <clears throat> for like the past two months, apparently I've been having like kidney stones and I have not realized I've had kidney stones. And so <clears throat> this yesterday morning, I woke up in so much pain from this kidney stone and I called mom and I'm like in pain. Like the, I would rate this like an eight or a nine. And I've had two finger surgeries and didn't take a single painkiller as I like recovered from those things. And I would say those were like a four for me. Like I have a high pain tolerance. This was an eight. So I called my mom at six o'clock in the morning being like, I'm in so much pain. And she's like, I think you need to go to the hospital. I was like, but what if it's nothing? What if it's like, <laughs> she's like, Catherine, you are in so much pain that you can't even talk. Like, I think you should go to the hospital. But I was like, but it's six o'clock in the morning. Who would I text? And she's like, this person or this person or this person. But I'm like, but what if they're asleep? And the mom's like, then they wouldn't answer you. How about you text them? <laughs> uh, I ended up texting someone. You know, going getting some scans, figured it out that I have a kidney stone and it was just hitting the wrong place and it really hurt. Um so I think of that as definitely a story. Um Yeah, uh, Catherine texted me yesterday and in the most casual way was like, I have a kidney stone. I was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> it, you know, just you know those things. Um yeah, there's like a running joke. I think also like another thing, like nine, like cozy. Um, a running I don't know if it's like a running joke or whatever, but like I just keep getting blankets. I currently have like 18 blankets. And I think I've only bought two of those blankets personally. Um, I just keep being gifted blankets or I accidentally get blankets like we have like a secret Santa for the past two years and I just not the secret Santa what the white elephant white elephant yeah and I just like accidentally just open the gift and pick the gift and open it and it's a blanket and I'm like well no one's stealing this from me this so, is mine now this is mine now I have four <laughs> no I have three on my bed three on my couch a bunch on my blanket ladder I got one in the car one in the office um and I just rotate it through so. when we lived together um <laughs> every night Catherine would be like hold on I gotta go preheat my bed and she would yes. go in and turn on her weighted or her um heated sheet and heated blanket and then there was a couple of times that like we would be having conversations we lived in a very small apartment we'd be having conversations and she would yell from her room. She was like, if you want to come talk to me, you can. But I'm not moving from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love my the, blankets. I the love coziest these. human being. <laughs> yeah. And also I'm like cold all the time. So it helps I like blankets. But I say it, it, it fits. It fits very well. Um, it can be 90 degrees out and I'm like ooh, I feel that breeze I need to go get a jacket <laughs> <laughs> so Catherine, earlier you were talking about how being a nine sometimes you um like adapt to other enneagrams or personalities hmm. that are around 
Um, yeah. Has, does that get stressful for you? Like if you're in like a large group of people and say like there's lots of different personalities and trying to match which one you like are comfy with? Yeah, I would say I am on the couch. <laughs> um, on the couch and just observing and watching because that is overwhelming. And I'm also an introvert too. So I don't try to find myself in big launch. Okay. Groups. But yeah. I would say like for work, I have about 13 student leaders. Because so I'm like leading and guiding these 13 students as I'm leading and guiding like a whole entire movement. So that's like 13 different personalities, 13 different like how they work, how they think, how they communicate, all of that. And I remember at the very beginning, I was like constantly like texting people and like apologizing. Because like, I know, like I feel like as an Instagram man, you know, and you like pick up on things a lot quicker than other people on like what may hurt someone's feelings. Um and so I, that was like hard and overwhelming to just like try to please all of my student leaders, um, knowing that I can't, but like really wanting to and desiring to, um, to love on them and to like lead them well and to make sure that everyone see, feels known and seen and like validated and that people's feelings won't be hurt, even though people's like, you're on a team like you're going people's feelings are going to get hurt especially mm -hmm. when you're and especially when you're dealing with like um college age students who are still developing and maturing and whatnot mm -hmm. um so yeah it's like one like who am I like I think that's a hard thing like as an Instagram nine is like who who are we um like I remember one time being asked like what do you like? And I was like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever this person likes to do, I'll do that with them. Um, and so like figuring out like, who am I? And so like, therefore I knowing who I am, then I can lead out my students, um, playing off of my strengths and my weaknesses, um, to be able to help them. Um, so yeah, that was like a big, and it's still like a big learning curve is to not let them control the way that I lead, but to like lead out well and then adapt to everything and not having to like constantly like text people and be like, I'm so sorry this person cut you off or I'm so sorry um, you got overlooked or blah, blah, blah. And it's like that balance of like, yeah, acknowledging that because sometimes that is good. But also, like, you don't need to do that every single time with every single person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I don't find myself in big groups of people because that's too overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> how do you um, how do you rest well? Because I feel like that's a big thing for nines is this idea of resting or going a little bit slower. Um, so what does rest look like for you? Yeah. That's a great question. I, um, it's funny because the past three years I have been, so like I do talks for my students. Like I work at a college ministry in Rochester, New York. And so every Friday you give like kind of like a general, um, talk about like, how does like the Bible relate to you as a college student? And just for some weird reason not planned at all for the past three years I keep getting signed to the topic rest I've done like a lot of like listening to podcasts reading the bible asking people on my own journey what rest looks like um I think recently I've been wanting to be like let's strip it all strip it all I just want the bare minimum like I like let's take away all of these distractions blah 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 and not practical at all right um but my mind was like no let's get rid of everything um so something that I did recently like this past weekend was I did 48 hours of no phone no laptop no tv um and kind of got rid of my technology just to be able to rest and not have those distractions 
um, I'm a big advocate on like whatever work looks like for you, rest should look the opposite. So if you're on your computer or on your phone all the time, then like rest needs to look different because you need to train your brain to be like, oh, when I look at my phone for work, I'm not also looking at my phone for rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, do I also watch TV? Yes. Um, but I try to like limit my amount of TV because I am on my computer and on my phone all the time. So being able to like kind of disconnect from that. Um, I think rest and how to rest well for myself is to be able to just like because like I said like all thoughts are constantly like going as we are like thinking about like other people and like how they might perceive because like within nine conflict is not actually conflict like <laughs> what you might perceive as conflict and what I perceived as conflict are like two completely different things um and so trying to turn off my brain and just like be like okay no we're not thinking about this we are not thinking about this we're not thinking about this um rest for me recently has been looking like a little bit of tv not that much a lot of like alone time um because I need that alone time um like that might be like reading a book that might be like putting a puzzle together that might be um whatever but I say like a true really good rest is sitting down on a couch with a really close friend in a blanket and just talking about like life like deep good conversation um where like we have each other's like undivided or like not just a person like maybe a group but no more than four people three mm-hmm. three or two that'd be good um and just having like some like good check-in but also just like deep conversations where we can like be real with each other and just like talk and be intentional with each other um that's kind of what rest I also think biblically um rest should look like in community with others as well Hmm. so I try to balance that as a um me alone time because I need alone time but also like with community as well so kind of like a vague answer but no, I think that's that's great. Um, I also appreciate what you said in there about like what other people might view as conflict is different than what you view as conflict. Um, like I remember you guys were your group was going to a camp some oh, when was yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was our fall getaway. That's right. Oh. You guys were going to a camp and you had sent me a message and you were like I just don't know how to talk to these people about like, you're basically asking for the accommodations that your group needs housing wise. And I was like, that's not conflict. That's literally just asking the camp to do their job. (laughs) I just felt bad because like they had like three buildings for us staff and then like a bunch of buildings for the students and whatnot. And they kind of wanted to close down this one building because it was only would be one family in it. So for them to like, clean it for them to like run electricity and heat in it would cost probably they would probably lose money that weekend mm-hmm. to run that building so they were asking if they can move that family into one of these other ones and like maybe could we make it work maybe yeah but at the same time like the family really wanted to be in that other building because it had toys it had um it was just a better space for them. Yeah, it was just a better space for the family to be functional that weekend. And so I didn't know how to tell the camp, like, actually, can you, like, keep that building open for us? Because I thought that would be too much, and I thought that would cause conflict, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> In our messaging back and forth, I was just like, the, the um, I guarantee this camp has dealt with way more insane requests. Just ask. <laughs> Catherine, that story makes me wish that all of the guest groups I deal with are all all Enneagram nines because <laughs> my job would be so easy. <laughs> I just don't want to call John. It might be a conflict. <laughs> okay, great. And then for the feedback back to the camp, I was like, it was like a lot of like that sandwich, like, oh, here's something that we really enjoyed, but like one sentence of like, eh, this could have been a little bit better. But and like, then like maybe three sentences you're... of like, we really enjoyed this. And then like, 
<laughs> putting like squeezing those in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just feel like that's really really a good point though, because um I think what others think of as conflict, like you like you were saying you have a high pain tolerance, but you have a very low conflict tolerance. Like right. someone can give you a sideways look and you're like Oh no! I need to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Like I need to no, talk. No. Not. To, I no. To I need to avoid them. them. <laughs> right. I, yeah. As I said, I need to talk to them. I was like, no. She's thinking I need to never see that person again in my life. <laughs> They're upset with me. Our friendship is ruined. Like I just need. I need to avoid. Game over. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, Catherine, I'm gonna read the healthy autopilot and unhealthy not in that order um, reverse order reverse order because the mariah syndrome um we're gonna start with unhealthy and go up from there um and then we'd love to hear your thoughts on that um especially because so enneagram coach does a little more biblically based on what your um enneagram is so being in ministry um we just love to hear kind of your thoughts on all that stuff so um unhealthy nines their whole focus at this level revolves around keeping others happy so they can have what seems to them be peace of mind and inner stability. Unfortunately, the more a nine accommodates others and forgoes their own desires, opinions, and passions, the more unstable life becomes. And then the autopilot nine when nines begin to forget that they are Christ's beloved child, fully seen as important and valuable, they begin to move into the average levels of development. Because the nine has begun to forget how valuable they are in Christ, they believe their presence does not matter. Mm. And then healthy nines. Healthy nines are fully awake to themselves. They know that their voice and presence matter to God, others, and the world. They honor themselves by taking the time to know what they want and then speak it up for themselves. Knowing that God has uniquely blessed them with talents and gifts, they invest in developing themselves. What was the autopilot one again? Um, when nines begin to forget that they are Christ's beloved child, fully seen as important and valuable, they begin to move into the average levels of development. Because of nines, because a nine has begun to forget how valuable they are in Christ, they believe their present does not matter. Hmm. Those are great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think which makes sense that the autopilot, I think of that as like kind of like your average. Mm-hmm. I feel like for an average like day to day because like not every single day will we be healthy or unhealthy like I mm -hmm. would hope we would kind of be like average um so as an average yeah we do forget that like we do have a voice and that our voice matters and that our opinions matter um and I within ministry well one like not like how sad, you know, is that like as the father who created us, like specifically created us for us to be who we are, for him to be like, he's probably looking down and be like, I have so much more for you. Like, mm -hmm. um, you don't have to keep accommodating other people's needs above your needs and that um, I've created you to have a brain that thinks and has thoughts and like voice them, like people around you want to know these things. Um, so first, like, yeah, like he is like with all the love and compassion and everything, just being like, hey, like I have more for you, um, abundantly more for you. Take time to like think through like who are you and uh, what are your thoughts and what are your opinions and like voice them. Because like the people around us, it's not like they are shutting us down. It's just us in our own heads shutting us down um, and thinking that like our voice doesn't matter um so yeah I think that like on a day-to-day -day, like that does make sense like as an Instagram nine like you're constantly putting other people's needs above yourself constantly trying to like, keep the peace and whatnot um and so in all of that you just kind of like forget yourself 
And then as a healthy person, you're like, nah, I'm gonna make my own thoughts and my own opinions matter and like voice them and uh, that type of thing. Um, so within ministry, I think as Christians, we often try to like people please. And it's like, it's so easy. And we're like, oh, we're being such a good Christian <laughs> and people pleasing. And it's like, no, <laughs> um, we're in the Bible. What does it say? People please. Um, but like, yeah, so trying to like love and serve our brothers and sisters um, well is different than people pleasing. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, what was your question about ministry in the nine? And uh, uh, I don't know. How, like, you kind of answered it, just kind of how those descriptions like match your life in ministry and like a nine's life with their walk with Christ. Like, yeah, I feel like you answered that. No, okay. I really liked the, hey. I've God <laughs> telling us like, I have so much more for you. And I feel like mm-hmm. any of the Enneagrams, so I feel like nine and then like that one, two, three, four that has like the emotional attachment a lot or like the analytical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of times, like, especially as Christians too, like we're just so focused on like making everyone happy and like attracting ourselves to them instead of attracting God to them. Um, but I really like, I wrote it down. Of the gods up above saying I have so much more for you because like I feel like it's just like constant thing that we need to remind ourselves as Christians um, when we're dealing with human beings like especially when you're working in ministry um, and lots of different personalities and not Mm -hmm. wanting anybody mad at you or things like that is that we forget who we're serving like who we're here to serve I feel like also like as Christians like one of the reasons, especially when you work in ministry, like you not one, like people look at you and they're like, oh, you, they're a Christian. So like you are like representing God um, and they like clearly know because like you're working for a ministry. And so how you respond or how you react or anything like that is they think of like a direct reflection of God. So like even like if you had a bad day and you just like, accidentally yelled at someone or whatnot um they're like oh is this how all christians are um Mm -hmm. and so i think that's one of the reasons why we people please so much is because we want people to have like a good image of god Mm -hmm. makes sense um but no like we're all humans we all sin and so what does it look like for us to be like who God created us to be um, while working for him and being in mm-hmm. those good days and those bad days and whatnot. But well, yeah, I would even say like God has more for you like in your rest. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I've been like really honing in the last month is, I think my mom told me this. I'm circling back to your rest. We'll tie it up. Is when computers started coming out, like they were like, whoa, like someone who works eight hours a day, they can do that within four hours. Mm-hmm. So, like People will be able to be at home more and be with their family more because they would work less because we have a four-hour day instead of an eight-hour day because whatever we could do without computers in eight hours, we can do in four hours. Uh, Juan, it's like, no, now we expect you to not only work <laughs> eight hours, but because it's on a computer, take your computer home, work at home. um, Or even like, breaks like no just power through it like we have such like the mindset of like i need to work like eight hours mm-hmm. but whereas, like beforehand eight hours without a computer you had those breaks because like you would walk from one room to another room you would see someone in the hallway and you would like chat with them in the hallway and you wouldn't be stuck behind your cubicle just like powering away for eight hours um, so I would even say that God has more for you in your rest. Like mm-hmm. it is not just a work, 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 but he has given us rest. And so he's like, it's like a little gift. He's like, you can take it if you want it, but like you gotta not, you need to take it. Like mm-hmm. not gonna force you to rest, but are you willing to take this gift that I have for you? Um so what does it look like for us to like take that gift? Yeah. Yeah. I mean currently listening to a podcast about time and like how we use and spend our time 
Um, and they were just talking about that very similar thing about how like we are the as a society, we are as productive as we've ever been. And yet we all still feel this urge to be more productive than we are right now. Yeah. Um, and just like, what is that doing kind of to our brains and with our relationship with time and, um, you know, kind of one of those like time is a very precious resource it and it's not one that you get back. Um, and so like, how do you use it? How do you spend it? Um, yeah, I just, I think that's really good. It's been it's one of those things like, okay, maybe I should pay attention to this because it's been like coming up in conversation <laughs> and things I'm consuming recently. I, I mean, it's the new year. Everyone's thinking about this, you know? This is true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine, I appreciate you talking about um, how like working in ministry, how we interpret it as like, we have to be the perfect Christians all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, our lead pastor at our church, um, he's a very emotional creature and like I would say like him and I have a lot of personality traits in common um and a situation that happened to me in the spring and I appreciated him telling me like because I was like I don't want to be mad at God Mm. and like very similar to like I don't want to be mad at God because like the way I grew up and things like that is that like oh well if I do that I'm in this figure like people are gonna be like oh well God's not that great and he's like no it's okay to be angry like it's okay to like whether you express it to God or not, like he knows that you're pissed right now. Like he knows already. Um, but kind of like that, like my fear of well, I'm in this position, like I can't express those feelings in front of other people type thing. Um, yeah. In that fear. But it's like, God wants us to be intentional, wants us to be true and not hide around those fears in our lives. Like, well, and I almost wonder if people who aren't Christians, because like, I mean, I, you know, sharing the same sentiments of like, yeah, you, there's this idea of you have to be the perfect Christian. I'm almost wondering if, you know, people who aren't Christians, what they actually want is to see real people who go through real life. And yes. they're like, I can't be perfect, you know, yeah. like, but what I can do is fall down and get back up and oh, there's a God that has grace through all of those like failings and getting back up and falling back down. Like that is much more appealing than, hey, I decided to follow Jesus and now my life's perfect. And I have perfect, healthy relationships with no conflict and everything's great. And I I think about the, um, the name of the Duggar documentary was Shiny Happy People. Like I think there's this pressure to be shiny, happy people. When in reality, like, no one wants that. People want real and authentic. And mm-hmm. that comes with mess. But mm-hmm. it's really vulnerable to show people you're mad. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. I think even, like, social media even plays into that as well. Oh, like, for sure. We see on Instagram and on TikTok and on Facebook and what I, on YouTube and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's, like, picture-perfect life, no, like, yeah. whatever. And so then... Like, like you're saying, like, then, yeah, like, I need to have this picture perfect. Everything's together. Mm-hmm. Type thing, but no, life is messy. And yeah. 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 Um, Catherine, how, what strategies do you have um, when you're in that unhealthy state as a nine to move into a more healthy perspective? I... I want to take a big shout out to my friends who know me so well that would be like, mm, Catherine, you're avoiding <laughs> conflict right now. And I'm like, mm, I am. I'm being a little unhealthy right now. <laughs> hmm, sounds like you need to have a conversation. <laughs> um, so it truly a few is, times. Yeah, honestly, it's like you and one other friend um, that does it with me the most. Um, that just will call me out like one that knows me so well to know that like oh I'm avoiding conflict um I'm being unhealthy right now um call me out on it with love and with grace and just Mm -hmm. be like hey like go do something about it type of thing like 
go have these type of conversations. Um, so I think that is one strategy is like having a community around you that knows you well and that like you've given them permission to do so. Like I like will openly say to Mm even my friends here in Rochester, like call me out when you see something, call me out on it. Um, yeah, like it, I think that is like one of the biggest strategies is like I've given my friends permission because oftentimes I don't really realize it. But when I'm like voicing voicing things and giving my friends updates on life, they are usually the ones that point it out in me. Um, so yeah, I think that is the biggest strategy that I have <laughs> is just talk to your friends. Don't yeah. ask yourself and then have them, like give them the freedom to call you out. Um, and I think also sometimes I'm starting to get to that point where like I realize it in myself and then it usually takes a lot of time for me to journal and journal and journal and journal and journal. And then with that, with like prayer and then finally um, get up the nerve to go and have these type of conversations. Um, yeah, those are my two. It's kind of like try to like one community, have your friends and then two, making sure that you have space to touch in with yourself um, and kind of do a check in to be like, oh, something's going on here what's going on here um, mm-hmm. kind of like surrender it surrender it to the lord awesome okay yeah, that's good any wise words or things you'd like to share that we haven't talked about about enneagram nine or just anything in general just in general <laughs> um, <laughs> yes i have a five minute speech about ohio state <laughs> Yes. Uh, is go bucks to <laughs> ohio <laughs> three chirp chirp <laughs> uh, i have never done like chirp chirp i never in college ever did chirp chirp i thought that was the most ridiculous and stupid thing <laughs> but now that i'm out of college i say it all, all the time, time. People look at me like, what? <laughs> um, I have unnecessary levels of pride in Ball State. <laughs> that that is a fact. <laughs> me too, and I'm like, wow, I did not appreciate Ball State as much as I did in college. Yep. <laughs> Where is this coming from? <laughs> I um, I would say just like as a reminder to love your Enneagram nines, um, to create spaces and time to like intentionally ask them like, Hey, like where do you want to go out to eat? And when they say, Oh, I don't care. Oh, it doesn't matter. Give them options and then have them pick from the options. Um, or like give them time. Like I think a lot of times in our head, we keep saying like, Oh, I'm not worth or these people don't care about my thoughts, or I'm not worthy enough mm-hmm. to share, blah, blah, blah. So just, like, give your friends places and time to, like, speak up. So I think that's, like, a way for everyone to love their Instagram 9 friends. And then a lot of times just to be like, yo, we're cool. Like, uh, there's no conflict between us. We're cool. Just, like, as that reminder type thing. Um, and if things are not cool, like, to actually say something even though we will run and we will be terrified and <laughs> all those stuff, um, it is healthy for us to engage in those things. And so sometimes like you have to be that person to initiate conflict because we will not initiate conflict, but mm-hmm. um, force us to initiate, con- no, force us to be in conflict um, in a healthy way. I don't like those friends that intentionally create conflict for me to be in conflict because I hate conflict. Ugh. um yeah um and then last comment is shout out to this podcast um I used to listen to this when I would go for runs and it was like the perfect podcast to listen to whenever I would be running because it's like the perfect mixture of like it's not like full of like stupid things like some podcasts I'm like what am I listening to it's like insightful but it's not like deep deep 
like thinking when I'm like I'm like struggling to run and catch my breath and I'm like barely hitting in there and I'm like what are they saying what are they saying and it's really like that perfect and it's like a mixture of like laughter and jokes and whatnot and so like as I'm running and being like why am I doing this to myself this is awful blah 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 I'm like actually laughing as I do it so shout out you guys appreciate this podcast love this podcast um yeah that's all I have awesome. <laughs> you're awesome Catherine even if you're an Ohio State fan, we still love you. <laughs> Thank you. I still love myself too. And the fact that I'm a Ohio State fan. You know, God made us all unique. So he sure did. Um That's and I keep reminding myself that he doesn't make mistakes, but I really do feel like he did make a mistake with creating that state up north. But you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> The rivalry will I'll get you two. Bring it in. Chirp, chirp. That's what I got to say about that. Chirp, chirp. Awesome. We'll meet in the middle with chirp, chirp. There we go. We'll Brian's all our middle, middle girl. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.